0: Oh, hello. Welcome back to the Doggy Juice Pod, changing the way you think as a sports better. This is episode number 21, early Saturday morning, November 24th, 2018, this Saturday after Thanksgiving, and I have a short episode for you today. Woke up with uh, a little bit of a hangover this morning and monitoring the markets, so we're going to make this quick so we can get right back to it and focus on that right before games kick off at 11 a.m. Central Time. But we have a hell of a slate today. Firstly, I'm going to really quickly talk about that incredible Tiger-Phil match uh, in Vegas, the golf match um, yesterday on Black Friday. Um, that was awesome. At Shadow Creek, Phil ended up eking out that win there in um, extra holes, went into extra innings. Um, but it was awesome. Phil ended up catching the first nine, I, I a ticket on Phil winning the first nine, and then a uh, small ticket on. Phil winning the whole thing, but um, that was entertaining. That was, like, really good stuff, and I really liked the the fact that they were mic'd up. I mean, there's there's some weird moments, but it was also, like, pretty cool to listen to them and uh, those side bets they had. Um, it was really cool, but in terms of, like, drama, that was about as dramatic as you could have scripted, so that couldn't have went better for them in that regard, but more importantly, from a sports betting standpoint, I think, like, there was all those live betting offerings, and you're, you saw, like... You know the players, um, Phil and Tiger were talking about the bets, and the announcers were alluding to them. you, know, you had you know Barkley on there with um, some side commentary, but I think in general that's just good for normalizing sports betting. Um, I heard like I read a tweet this morning that uh, Adam Schefter uh, sent out. It was basically along the lines of uh, an NFL exec was watching the match and he told Schefter or someone who knew Schefter that. Can't wait until you could do that with the NFL with the live betting offerings. So I think putting that up on the big stage, so to speak, and kind of normalizing things is a step in the right direction for sports betting. We kind of see where things are going with that. And that, that match yesterday, I think, had a lot to do with bringing that more to the forefront. Um, I mean, there's people from all ages watching that, and uh, golf fans and just the casual fan. And when they watch an event like that where they're actually you know, covering MGM live betting. These are the betting percentages and where the money's going. It just helps normalize things and just kind of point us in, in that direction. Where uh, to tie it in with my last episode, America catching up with Europe and the rest of the world in the sports betting realm, um, and now with you know the advent of online and mobile wagering, there's just more possibilities. And this, you know, this there's no limit. There's uh, possibilities are endless for this. So I, I think that event yesterday was just a Another indicator that when you have um, sports betting interests involved, it can really um, raise interests and in events and something that people wouldn't ordinarily care about. They do a lot more when you can bring in that sports betting aspect and do it. So anyway, I'm going to do a pretty quick episode here. Got a lot to do. I'm just going to touch on the cards here. We've, I mean, this is, as I've said, the most, one of the most busy times of the year for a sports better Thanksgiving week. You got all the major sports going on, pretty much. Um, college football is winding down. NFL is entering those final weeks, and then you got college basketball kicking off. Um, NBA and NHL are going down. They got some other sports happening too, and you got your international soccer, domestic soccer, and all that stuff. So, lots of stuff on the board. I'm going to get right to it. I found some value. I've got some plays in pocket for the weekend. I'll share them with you along with my reasoning, as usual. We'll keep the train moving, but. Let's get right to it. Your look aheads, not even look aheads, our look at the cards for college football week 13 and NFL week 12. Yeah, baby! <laughs> yeah. As I said, we have an incredibly deep college football card this weekend. We have 10 teams playing this week that are going to be in bowl games that are underdogs this week. So there's some really big time matchups. Um, last night, was the Apple Cup um, in Washington, and I gave it out on Twitter. Um, there was a fantastic opportunity to bet the under in this one, especially live betting, because snow was starting to fall and accumulate as the game was going on. So, if you were watching that game, you saw the total started out at around 50, 51. I got it at 51, and um, as the game started, you know the snow started to accumulate, and that's tough for totals and I feel like the odds makers were just going to their charts, you know, with the as the game was going, with how to make the adjustments on the live over/under based off just their their charts. But they were not factoring in the snow accumulation with the offerings they were getting, So I was pounding that live under throughout the game. Um, even had up to, down to 43 and a half live, which I had to sweat out at the end there. But the game closed 43, and anyone who was on top of that, um, there were some big plays that made you sweat a little bit. But besides that, it's just a low. Grinding pace uh, with the snow, it was hard for the players to get their footing. So, there's a great live betting opportunity in that game last night. We also had some good uh, college football games on the slate yesterday. Um, I ended up going uh, one, two, and one in my posted plays, but uh, the two I lost were close. But uh, there's some good matchups yesterday uh, throughout the day. But there's even better ones here today. And I'm going to start out with one I gave out on the podcast midweek, but I do have Ohio State, plus five in pocket, and I'm also adding the under in that game. I got under 54 and a half in pocket. Um, this is a thing, I, you know, just, this is just too many points for me. I have this game lined uh, closer to a pick em, actually. Uh, pretty close. Michigan's slightly favored, but Urban Meyer is 10-2 against the spread as a dog when coaching a Power 5 school. He's 18-6 and six against the spread, and in the last 24 games he's been a dog all time, and he's won six games straight up as an underdog with Ohio State. And... Uh, four of those were at home as a, as a dog. So, um, and on top of that, Urban Meyer at home, he is 102 at 10 at home with, um, with only four losses by more than four points at home in his career. So basically he's 108 and four to that number plus four or above as a college coach. Um, So (laughs) pretty much if you're, if you're getting more than four points with Urban Meyer as a, as a dog, I hope that all makes sense. But Basically, it's very rare in his career when he loses by more than four points at home. So there's that angle. There's also the angle of the Ohio State speed on defense. I know they've looked poorly, and that's why Michigan's uh, up to minus five or sorry, minus five on the road. But Ohio State, you know, they've, they've looked pretty terrible defensively against Maryland and obviously Purdue. But this is their circled game. This is their big game. and They have Michigan coming in. They know they're underdogs, and there's a lot at stake for both teams. So along those lines, I'm really um, looking at that under. I've got it in a 54.5, but I think they come out a little slower if you want to um, isolate that with the first half under as well. That's good to do just to This you know, game goes into overtime. You don't want to lose a ticket based on that um, when you have the right handicap. But So I've definitely diversified with some first half under in this one if you're looking that way. But I think these teams come out a little tighter. They know the stakes. And this one stays close. And if you're back in Ohio State and this one's close and Michigan wins with that field goal at the end, you're still going to catch your ticket. So good look at Ohio State on the money line as well. I think they can win this game outright uh, almost 50% of the time. So you're getting that nice plus price. I think that's worth a look today as well. But that's definitely your top game, and that's early Saturday morning, 11 o'clock a.m. Central time kickoff and one of the games of the year, no doubt. For the Iron Bowl... Um, I was going to say, you know, it, the, the numbers here actually say to look at Alabama, this is a big time rivalry though. So I'm always looking to take the points with the heavy underdog in a big rivalry game like this, especially when they're getting 24 and a half points. But the way Bama came out against the Citadel last week, so flat, obviously they are looking ahead to the next week. The fact that they came out in that game and were tied with Citadel at halftime, I, you know, you're going to see that hardcore effort by, um, by Saban in the first half of this one, and everyone knows how good Bama's been in the first half this year. I think they're going to come out strong, and they're going to keep their foot on the pedal in this one. The thing is, though, the last four times that Bama's taken on Auburn, when Bama was unbeaten, Bama was 0-4 against the spread and only 2-2 and straight up. And 10 years in a row before Auburn, uh, Saban has scheduled an easy opponent but still hasn't fared well uh, the week before, before they play Auburn. Uh, and also, according to Mark Lawrence, when Bama... Place a team coming off a shutout win like Auburn did last week, Bama is 1-7 against the spread in that game when the team they're playing is coming off a shutout win. Um, those are some interesting little factoids there, but for me, given the spot and given how uh, incredible Bama's been this year and that fire po- firepower they have on offense, it just leads me to stay off the game that I would ordinarily look to play Auburn. I think that how Bama comes out stronger this one, so I'm, I'm going to lay off of it, but if you're looking to bet, I would I would take a look at Bama actually in the first half. If you can get the minus 14 straight up, two touchdowns in the first half, I think that could be worth a look actually. For, you know, minus 14 and a half, obviously not as much, but if you can find a minus 14 Bama first half, I would put it in the pocket. Let's see. Last night, another game. Um, let's have some notes here. Oklahoma, West Virginia. Uh, that already happened. I gave out West Virginia plus three, then ended up pushing, but... I was also, I took an early lead on the over in that one earlier in the week. And that just showed that if you can anticipate where the market's going to go, it ended up closing 86.5. I think I saw it tick up to 87 in some places, but I got an 83.5 um, over and 84 during the week. So it just shows if you're, just like any you know market, you want to buy at the price at the right time. So in that one, if you were on, you know, obviously you cash pretty much whenever you, yeah, definitely whenever you bet the over, even if it was, Live, for the most part, because that game was like the, the Rams and Chiefs of the uh, college football year. You knew that game was going to be super high-scoring, and it was. But it just shows, a little, little uh, reminder to get the best number, because that number did, number did move four points as the, the game uh, got close to kickoff. So that was worth a, worth a look. Another team that I'm on Saturday is Florida International. And actually, I think there might be some plus fours popping up as I'm doing this, but I have them at plus three and a half in pocket against Marshall at home. I think this game should be about a pick on my stuff. And even if – so if Florida National wins this game, they are in the conference title game. And they've only had one real bad quarter in the past month or so, and that was the fourth quarter against Florida Atlantic um, when they were at home. But Marshall's back to their freshman quarterback, um, Green, and – I feel like Florida International, obviously, they're super motivated on this one. and They're the home team getting the points. Numbers say this one should be closer to a pick I'm not sure why that line's moved. Maybe some, there's some info on that quarterback that I'm not aware of. So I'm trying to dig it more into that. But I'm really keen to put the plus four in pocket, if I can find it this morning, Florida Inter- International at home against Marshall. LSU. Getting plus three and a half, plus four is worth a look. I think that one's should be closer to one or two, so you're getting a couple points of value there um, with them. But it's just interesting. Like A&M hasn't beaten LSU in their six years since joining the SEC, and that included the Johnny Manziel years. Um, so that one, I think, is worth a look to me. I'm gonna, I'm not gonna play that for much. Maybe half a unit, probably less than a full unit on that one. But I, I don't think I'm gonna be doing much more with that. Um, another under I like and a side, uh, Boise State at home against Utah State. Utah State's been a fantastic team for betters this year who are backing them. and um, I've definitely cashed my fair share of tickets this year on them at the beginning of the year when they are underrated by the market. But Boise at home, um, I got it at minus two and a half, locked that in. But I also like the under in this one as well. I think it's going to be a tighter matchup uh, against Utah State. But this is a pedigree thing for me, Boise State. I've... I've cash fading them this year as well but um at home in this big spot that they're more familiar with on a big game against utah state um i think that there's a little bit of value in boise state in this spot and especially the under and first half under more importantly in this one i think the team's a little more tight in this one so that's worth a look too Uh, besides that in college there's still going through the car right now to be honest with you so there's not too many i'm i'm I think Stanford's also worth a look um, at minus six if you can find it, but less than a touchdown, minus six and a half or better. Um, I think it's just a total letdown spot for UCLA after, you know, they beat their rival USC, which is nice. And I think um, Chip Kelly's really shown that he's turned the corner there with that program. He's kind of accomplished what he's trying to do. Stanford didn't play last week as the wildfires, so they had time to get more healthy. They get Bryce Love back, I believe. And this is a good spot for them. They've always – they've had UCLA's number the past several years in that matchup as well. I think the matchup is just good for them and the motivation will be there for Stanford. So less than a touchdown, that's, that's worth a good look um, as well. So I'll be putting that in the pocket. But besides that, as I said in the podcast earlier in the week, be careful looking at motivation, team motivation this week, because there's some teams that have a lot to play for, you know, those five win teams that are trying to get bowl eligible and there's a lot of teams that really, you know, their dreams were crushed. This week's kind of meaningless to them. They're looking ahead to the holidays. They weren't focused during Thanksgiving dinner. So you really got to search and dig for that motivation today. Anything you can find, even some Twitter news article information, seeing what the teams were doing the past few days. That some guys were more focused on their families and not the team effort for this weekend, for Saturday's games. If there's any evidence of that, if the teams, you know, that they have really nothing to play for, there's no, Conference title game, no division title game, no rivalry game that they're really trying to win. And the players' minds might be elsewhere. If you could find those angles, that can be where your edges are today with some softer lines in college football. They are out there. You just got to uncover them. All right, so let's move on to NFL Week 12. (laughs) We're cruising right along here. Um, I unfortunately lost my Lions plus four even ticket um, against the Bears on Thanksgiving but actually, not too unfortunately. That's a ticket I was totally fine with losing. Thought that one was good to cash, but then the Bears got that pick six at the end there and won the game by seven points. But I'll gladly lose any time I fade the Bears betting-wise. So that one went up in flames. But as I said in the podcast earlier in the week, I did lock in the Dolphins at plus 10, minus 115. That's in pocket. Uh, trying to get ahead of the news of Tannehill starting. I feel like the dealing that dealing earlier in the week was... Assuming Tannehill was out, and I think there's a, a few points upgrade, as the markets have uh, confirmed this week when, uh, with Tannehill in. So now that line's sitting about 7.5. I could see it ticking back up, but I feel like this game should be less than a touchdown uh, with the Colts hosting the Dolphins at home. I've been riding the Colts all year. I have their season win total over six wins. was one of my top preseason season win total plays, and i um, been a big believer in the comeback of Luck. I think that offensive line's really figured things out. Luck's been a stud. But this is just too many points in this matchup. Dolphins are not that bad of a team. And when I got 10, that was a no-brainer. But I feel like anything at 7.5 or over is still worth a look for smaller on on the Dolphins. But I would definitely um, look at locking them in. The Vikings against the Packers. uh, Minus 3. I found a little bit less juice so far. I've stuck a little bit of minus 3, minus 120. Vikings in pocket. If you can get less juice, hold out on Sunday. Um, I think that's a good look, because the Minnesota has better than three points of home field advantage, so that's basically saying same right now at the line that the teams are about equal. I don't believe that's the case, um, even though the Vikings looked pretty bad against the Bears this past week. I think that's more of a testament to how good the Bears have been, and the Vikings um, are down on the markets. Markets are down on the Vikings right now. I think it's a good time to buy on them. I, I think that they're going to win this game, and I'd like them to win it by more than a field goal if they do, which I do think is going to be the case, so Yeah, you get that that positive expectation on the Vikings covering that number in this game. I think it happens more than 52.38% of the time, according to my numbers. So that's a value play on the Vikings laying the field goal. Uh, For the Bengals against the Browns, um, there's the Hugh Jackson angle. Um, Obviously, the Browns fired him, and now he's part of the Cincinnati coaching staff. But I think that's a good angle to look at this game. Uh, team's coming off a bye, but Bengals laying a field goal at home. Uh, it's close on my numbers, but I think the Hugh Jackson angle might get me to take a small look at at the Bengals in this one, uh, especially if I saw the number kind of tick down a little bit. If you can get less than a field goal laying with the Bengals, it could be worth a look as well. Also look to see if A.J. Green, usually skill position players like that um, are rarely worth more than a point to the line receiver, but A.J. Green is one of those guys, I think. Um, so take a look, even if he's healthy as a, Maybe a healthy, uh, if he's a bit of a decoy, but even if he's a little bit healthy, I think he's uh, definitely a factor to the line. So look at that one. I think the Bengals at minus three is worth a good look. Um, The Broncos at plus three or better. I've got plus three with no juice on this one already. If you can get a three and a half, that's a no-brainer for me. I will be using that in the super contest um, because it's plus three and a half to the Broncos, but... The trends really support this one. Um, after the Steelers' big emotional comfort behind win at Jacksonville um, this past weekend, I feel like it's a total letdown spot for the Steelers after that big win, where you know Big Ben came back and led them to the victory, the revenge game, obviously from uh, from the playoffs last year. Um, but I think the Broncos, when you look at some of the, of the trends here, uh, they are. Um, as home dogs coming off a division game, the Broncos are 15-1 and one against the spread with 14 straight-up wins, and they also dominate dominate the, <clears throat> the AFC North historically. That probably has a lot to do with the travel uh, to the altitude for the AFC North teams, but it's also a possible look-ahead spot for the Steelers with the Chargers on deck next week, and this one really stuck out to me. The Steelers are on a 2-12 against the spread run as road favorites against AFC West squads, and this... This game meets that mold. I feel like getting more than a field goal with the Broncos is an auto-take here. Probably should be closer to a pick Steelers can well win this game uh, about 50% of the time, according to my stuff. But we're getting that, that extra value with the Broncos in this spot, which I think I like, especially at altitude and the Steelers traveling there. So it's, it's an ugly one, but I do like that spot. But that's about it for my NFL position so far. Um, as I've said... Still looking at the cards and everything, and since there's more public action this weekend, um, there's going to be probably more money on the favorites, so we might get some value on some underdogs come kickoff on Sunday, and that also includes today, uh, College Football Saturday. So there's edges to be found out there. As usual, follow me at Doggy Juice on Twitter and Instagram for my best bets and any value information I might uncover. These are exciting uh, times, exciting weekend. Hope everyone really enjoyed their Thanksgiving. Remember to get your Doggy Juice Challenge picks in uh, by Sunday noon Central Time kickoff. You just got to get your favorite five games against the spread. According to the numbers that I post on my Twitter and Instagram, uh, usually on Thursday afternoon, but this week I did it on Wednesday, uh, with the Super Contest lines and the variation of the Super Contest I play in, if you go 5-0 and o with those picks that you send me, then I will give you a $25 Venmo prize. We've had two guys do it already this year. Um, just make sure you include your Monday night uh, score tiebreaker for the Monday night game in case more than one person goes 5-0. But, yeah, get those picks in for me. It's exciting stuff. Things are winding down with the college football season, unfortunately, although bowl season's right behind us. We are getting underway in the college hoop season. I'm going to be transitioning more to that as we go. And, of course, NFL, we got right in the thick of it right now. we got playoffs on the horizon. So exciting times. I hope everyone does really well with their bets. This weekend, I hope everyone had a great Thanksgiving. Enjoy that time with loved ones, and we'll be back next week with the next Doggy Juice Pod. All right, guys, go out and win your pets. Good luck, and I will talk to you soon. Doggy Juice, out. <coughs>